I'm uh, Henry Kronqvist. I'm the Dean at the Arduous College of Business and Economics at Chapman University. And I'm thrilled today that we will be talking to Amin uh, Anjedani, who is one of the co-founders uh, of a company called Bumani. Hi, everyone. My name is Tori Wynn. I am the class of 2026. And on behalf of the student population, I'm here to represent to you as the Arduous Business Senator. Let's kick it off with our first question and our guest. So, Amin, how would you describe yourself in translation to Cold Buzz? I want to know what your personality pours into it, what it is in the business world. So can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, absolutely. Thank you guys so much for having me. So Bomani Cold Buzz is alcohol-infused cold brew coffee. And from a personality perspective, the reason we created the company is because much like many people in their 20s and 30s that are working full-time that still want to maintain social lives, the espresso martini has exploded in popularity. So on a Friday night after a long week at work, you're looking for a light caffeine boost, but also you're looking to drink socially with friends because you're just tired, you still want to go out or even Saturday morning at brunch instead of a Mos or Bloody Mary, we were frustrated that nothing like this existed, that our options were incredibly limited, and that nothing aligned with a better-for-you kind of lifestyle. So what we set out to create was a highly electric beverage. That's what we, re refer we refer to it as liquid lightning. The, the vision was, you know, we're high-energy guys. Me and my co-founders are very social and active individuals, and we wanted something that kind of represented that in liquid form. So, so tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey. You know, tell us about how how did you become an entrepreneur? You you were a student here at Chapman, and now you're an entrepreneur. But you had many different other stops uh, on that journey. Absolutely. So I think my entrepreneurial journey started at birth. Both my parents have been entrepreneurs their entire lives. You know, at six years old, I was in my mom and dad's coffee shop pulling shots of espresso while all my friends were learning fractions, which is why I'm the marketing guy on our team, not as much the finance guy on our team. But it's funny because I actually threw myself into the finance world. So at Chapman, I studied finance. Um, I was an undergraduate finance major with an uh, or business major with an emphasis in finance. I ended up getting a job at BlackRock in New York City at their headquarters after school. I worked there for three years. And as I was there, I started becoming more and more interested in the opportunity to start something myself. We had the vision for the product because on Friday nights, we were making our own espresso martinis in our apartment. And one day, my co-founders and I came together and we were like, wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to make this 15 times over for all of our friends? Wouldn't it be nice if we could just crack a can open and drink this? And so we were inspired by the actions of others. So other people who had become entrepreneurs really inspired us. And then also by the fact that we felt like we could do something ourselves that would be quite a legacy building brand and, and something that a lot of people would really appreciate. Yeah. And so speaking of marketing yourself and entrepreneurship, how did you land those deals or what can students do to find people to invest in those deals as well? Yeah, absolutely. So I'll talk about this in kind of two different ways. So obviously there's, you know, raising capital. That's one big area of businesses it relates or, or opportunities it relates to starting your own business. And then there's business development as it relates to opening new opportunities with retailers or distribution platforms for your brand and product. And I'm speaking in the realm of physical products like consumer packaged goods. So obviously there's a whole different world as it relates to software and SaaS or technology um, that I'm not as, as, as acutely familiar with. As it relates to raising capital, I think one thing that people really underestimate is the power of their network. People talk about networking, but oftentimes I think we conflate just shaking hands and meeting people one time with networking. But networking is really a what you put in is what you get out type relationship. 
And all you have is like the quality of your name and the value of what you provide to people. And then really not asking for much in return until the timing is right. And it offers value to both parties. So I think there's this constant dance of like being social, being active, being, you know, participative in your community, giving more than you take really comes back to support when you look to raise capital because individuals that you've worked with or that you've been around your entire life will trust that you are a good steward of their investment and that you'll return for them, you know, hopefully in excess of their initial investment in the long run. And so when it came to raising capital for us, it was really just going out to people who we'd known for a very long time, who trusted us, who had seen our work, who had worked with us, who were friends, family, but also from the kind of institutional side, people that we could prove, you know, via hard data. Hey, we've we've done this so far. We've bootstrapped to this point so far and look at what we've produced, look at what we've created. You know, it's a valuable opportunity for you to make, you know, a great return on your investment. On the side of business development, this is where like, you know, the, the rubber meets the road, right? It's this is like getting in the mud is what we call it. You know, it's the grit, it's the determination. When we started, we had no idea where to put Bomani, right? What we thought was, oh, we'll just pick up every Walmart in the United States and it'll be done. We'll all be, you know, la- laughing our way to the bank, but that's not how it works. You know, initially it was literally us going door to door, pounding pavement is what we call it. We're just, you know, walking all day, going from Whole Foods to Whole Foods or Ralph's to Ralph's or Stater Brothers to Stater Brothers or liquor store to liquor store, more or less just trying to meet as many people as we can to convince them to carry our product. And it started with one Whole Foods, which then became two Whole Foods, which then became 17 and then 30. And now we're a global core product because once they gave us that you know opportunity, they opened the door just a little bit, we blew the whole thing open and proved to them that we were a, a worthy product to carry. So, you know, let's talk a little bit about education and entrepreneurship. So one question that I'm always being fascinated with is, can we teach entrepreneurship or are you sort of born an entrepreneur? It sounds like you come from a really entrepreneurial family, and I'm sure you learn a lot from your family, from your parents and so on. But did you learn anything that was helpful also when you went to to Chapman that was, you know, uh, influential for you as an entrepreneur? Absolutely. The backbone of a great entrepreneur is a deep understanding of cash flow and your finances, your business's finances, right? That's like the real heartbeat of a business. You could have the most amazing and brilliant idea. You could launch that idea and brand. But if you don't understand how money comes in and how it goes out, if you don't understand the depth and detail of your gross margin, of your cogs, of every little piece that goes into making money off the product and and spinning off cash, it's not going to work. What's going to happen is things will get out of sorts. I always say like the, the best hire and, and the number one most important hire for any entrepreneur is your CFO. And if you're not that yourself, being able to recognize who that person is, is really important. But I think in undergrad, from a class perspective, becoming inspired by your professors and communicating with them what your interests are, letting them come back to you, telling them to telling you about their career path, and then paying attention as it relates to you know, business law and finance. And, you know, those things were most important. I think really spending time with your peers is also really important because today I I was mentioning this earlier before we started recording you guys, like so many friends and peers and classmates of mine at Chapman are now helping me and our business as we continue to grow. And they've all gone on to become very successful in their own independent fields that benefit us, right. As a, as a brand that's building. So yeah, I think that experience was definitely critical. Do I think you're born or taught to be an entrepreneur? I think there's a combination. I think when people say, are you born an entrepreneur? I think there are individuals who are more, who have a larger appetite for risk 
And I think ultimately entrepreneurship is, is basically that just taking a bet on yourself and on a product. And if you have that, that might be the thing that you've been kind of raised into is like, you know, how much appetite for risk do you really have? Are you willing to take that risk on? But outside of that, I think that all of this is teachable. I think that anyone can can go start their own thing. And the path is different. Some people might go work. You know, I was at BlackRock. I might have been there for 20 years before I started my company. I was only there for three years before I started my company. And I think that there's no real hard timeline. I know people who have started businesses at 60 and people who have started businesses at 10 years old, right? So I don't think there's any determinate thing that says, you know, you're born an entrepreneur or you're made one. I think anyone can become one. That's really great. And I'd love to hear that. And so in terms of Chapman in itself and building our foundations, what would you say are the three core foundations you need to have a business? Is that family? Is that functions? I know you touched a little bit upon that as well. Yeah, the three core functions. Okay, so the first is, I would say, a a very deep understanding of your, your gross margins, right? Is, is understanding margins, right? If you if you make a great product that costs you more to sell than it actually makes you sell, you don't have a good product, right? So whether that's software or physical products, understanding the numbers is like principle number one. You need to understand the numbers. And that goes beyond just the product itself. That goes to mathematically, what do you need to do step by step to grow the business, to scale the business slowly but surely and methodically? How much capital do you need to raise? So understanding the numbers is a pretty general statement, but it's a very, very important statement. The second is you need to have, and I call this like the Teflon skin. You've got to be able to just let things come to you and brush off. You have to be able to smile through it all and willingly kind of take a lot of no's and rejection over and over and over and over again in anticipation of the win right? It's like, it's like battles versus the war, right? Every little battle, you might not win them all, but eventually you can win the war if you just keep at it every day. So it's that grit, that determination, that persistence. I think that's really, really important. So understanding the numbers is number one, persistence is number two. And number three is, I think a lot of entrepreneurs allow themselves to become wholly consumed by what it is they're doing. And this was a lesson that I had to learn early on because we launched our brand at the the onset of COVID you've got to be able to find a little bit of balance. I think the concept of work-life balance is a little, it's idealistic. I don't think there ever is going to be a perfect work-life balance. However, you do need to be able to apply yourself and put passion into other things, whether that's your family, friends, other hobbies, because it's really easy when you start your own company to get consumed. So I guess going back to those three things, it's finding other areas where you can apply your love and passion. It's persistence. And it's understanding finances inside and out. Can't think about a better way to end this conversation. I mean, uh, you're an amazing speaker and we learn a lot about your journey as an entrepreneur and being in banking before that. And we look forward to having you back on campus to talk to us live as well. Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. Thank you so much. Hey there, Tori Wynn here. Before we go, I wanted to give a very special thanks to Chapman University alumna and MBA Caroline Reebok, who produces this podcast, and Ardros alumna Lauren Belzer, who is our social media and communications manager. If you want to watch this conversation on YouTube, we'll include the link in the description of this episode. You can also keep up with us on social media at Chapman Ardros. 
New episodes of the Campus to Career series air every month. We've got a lot of great talks coming soon, so be sure to subscribe wherever you are listening to this now. See you next time.